Hi, and welcome again to the Stouting Off Podcast, where we spout off commentary on the everyday. Hello and welcome again to the Stouting Off Podcast. I am your host, now and forevermore, Drew Stoutenberg, and I am joined in studio live by my producer, Jordan. Jordan, how are you, man? Doing great, thank you. Good week so far? Very good week. Awesome. Me too. Thanks for asking. I got, earlier today actually, I washed my um, my bed sheet and I'm really excited to to sleep on that. It's There's nothing like a new, newly washed bed sheet. There's That's nothing true. like That's yeah. true. And I only do the fitted sheet. I don't do a top sheet. That's Just something. comforter? Just comforter. Duvet? Uh, no, it's a comforter. It's like it's from Target, and it's just uh, yeah, it's just I don't know a puffy blanket. It's got some weight to it though, which is really nice. But I don't like the I don't like the top sheet. It gets tangled up. It feels like a straight jacket with how much I move, which is a, there's a lot of movement going throughout the night. It gets tangled up, and I have to readjust. It wakes me up even more than I just normally wake up in my normal state. So that's not going to work for me. And I learned that years ago. So actually, when I still had like Aladdin bed sheets, I was like, I'm just going to do away with this one and I'm keeping the fitted guy. And that's that's how I've been rolling. Um, laundry is my least favorite household activity. It, long shot, bar none, it's, it's the least favorite. But I also don't like to cook and clean after cooking. I can clean like house stuff, but I don't like dishes and like taking care of the cast iron skillet with all the rules that you guys have a cast iron skillet at your house. Yeah, they're like, do. there's like a list of rules that you have to abide by. Oil it, put it back in the oven. See, like you have to season it like quarterly. I'm yeah. like, no, I'm going to wash it with soap. I started doing that when I moved into this house a few months ago. I was like, I don't think there's any difference. And to be honest with you, the, the manufacturers of cast iron skillets, Lodge Corporation, I believe is their name. They don't want you to know this, but you can wash your cast iron skillet with soap. It's there's so if you learn nothing else today, I hope you take that away from from the podcast. You don't have to clean your cast iron skillet with with just like water and then let it dry out or put it in the oven to dry out. You can just leave it to air dry after you put some Dawn. Is Dawn one of the yeah? Did you, yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, put some Dawn on that, scrub it, and then you're good. Now we know. Let it. There you go. We need a soundbite for that. Um, now you know. Um, so I was cooking earlier this week, though. And I have, like, my kitchen is directly attached to my living room. Like, my, my house basically works off of this main room where my kitchen and my living room are. So where, like, my TV is, and then there's Kitchen Island and all the other stuff. And then there's, like, rooms off of it. But, so I'm cooking in there, and... I am cooking with the cast iron skillet, throw that into the oven at 425, chicken breast, and then it's good. But there was some like oil somewhere that was like cooking and smoking while it was in the oven. So I open up the oven and there's like the oil got like cooked and like was like burning. There was oil smoke in the, in the oven. And so I open up the oven and then my house fills with that oil smoke. It's a new thing for me. Because normally it's just like clean. I open it up and there's a little steam or smoke or whatever, but then it's fine. But anyway, there was some oil that got cooked and then it did that. But that main room that I was telling you about, it's got like a vaulted ceiling where at its height is like 15 feet high. And there's a smoke detector up there. So as soon as I open that up, 
a plume of smoke comes out and I'm like, here we go. T minus three, two, and then the smoke detector starts going. <laughs> this smoke detector is like vi vigilant too. It like notices it's ready to pop off because it has done that before. But there was so much like smoke this time that it was like going for about 20 minutes and it's connected. I don't have just like a nine volt battery in there. It's, it's hardwired like into the circuitry. And man, around like minute nine, 10, 11, I was thinking about going to the circuit board and just shutting down the power for my house. But the smoke detector was going off for nine minutes. It was going off for 20 minutes. 20 minutes. But around like nine, 10, 11, I was like, surely it can't go on for much longer. And I was like, should I just shut down the power? <laughs> I don't know what that would do to like my appliances. I'm apprehensive to do that. Okay. A little bit leery. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to turn on the little oven fan, open some windows, whatever. And so I actually popped in earplugs and I ate my dinner at the, like at my kitchen island where I eat with the smoke detector going off. It was like the soundtrack <laughs> accompaniment to my, uh, to my dinner. So that was cool. That was cool. But I tell you what, like after, again, I've commented in the past couple podcasts about just like the fast food I've been eating. It feels good to have just like a few st stretch of days where like you're eating right and yeah. you're cooking your food and you're not spending exorbitant amounts of money on food and you're, it's just, you feel better afterwards too. Uh, yeah, totally. And I still felt better after doing that, despite the smoke detector going off for 20 <laughs> minutes. Than I would have had I gone to McDonald's and spent $14 on my usual order and then whatever. Yeah, like the inflation of, of fast food is getting out of hand. I was just commenting to you this on the, on the other day on this. When I went to Arby's with my friend Johnny like 10 years ago, I remember this specifically. Our order was like 18 bucks and we were like, dude... How did two guys spend 18 bucks at Arby's? Like, can you believe this? Now I go to like Taco Bell. My order is 13, 14, 15 bucks. Like just me, not two people. Um, so I don't know when that happened. It's almost like taxes. They just wrench it up a little bit every year. Sure. It's the same thing with fast food price inflation. Um, they think we don't notice. Well, we do. <laughs> we do. 10 years after the fact though, like they must have just done little incremental things. But again, you have your comfort orders that you go to. You don't even look at the menu and you don't look at the pricing anymore. You're just like, oh, I know what I want. I don't even have to look at this. That's truly me too. I don't look yeah. at the menus. I stick with my staples. Yeah. And that's how I live. Um, but without going too much farther down the fast food train, we've, we've explored that quite a bit already. Um, I want to go immediately into my first segment, what have I been watching? I'm so excited about that little segue. I can't even contain my excitement and act like I'm not pumped. Um, I texted my friend Evan the other day. He's a producer down at the Vanguard Room in Lakeland, Florida. And I said, Evan, can you can you put together a little like sound clip for my segment, What Have I Been Watching Lately? And he's like, yeah, sure. And within an hour, he turns around and sends me that. And like he had like a couple people on it. I do want to say thanks, Evan. Thank you to Seth Lynn as well. And thank you to Dara Sneed, two other people that featured on that. But turned it around in like, yeah, an hour. It's Jordan, unbelievable. Can, can you play it just one more time? I almost want to. What have I been watching lately? What you been watching? 
And that's all I'm going to say about the intro. What have I been watching lately? I had a friend in from out of town last weekend, and on Netflix, we came across this show, I Think You Should Leave. <laughs> I know you've seen it just because I introduced you recently, but it's this sketch comedy. Well, it's not sketch comedy. They do little skits, like three or four per episode, and the episode is like 17 to 20 minutes long. And I'm not kidding. I, I don't know if I've laughed that hard in three years. There are a couple skits on that, and I can't even think about it without laughing. There's a funeral organist. There is game night, and there is, um, uh, what's the other one? Oh, choking. You need to look up those three skits or just watch the show. It's unbelievably funny. My friend Taylor, who was in town, I have known him for 10 or 12 years, and I've never seen him laugh that hard. We were like, we were in pain. We were like, stop. Like we had to pause it and be just be like, we just got to watch hockey for a little bit. Like, yeah, like a, just a palate cleanser. Um, I think you should leave on Netflix. It's this guy, Jordan, can you look up the guy's name? I think it's Tim Anderson. And correct me if I'm wrong as I continue to explain that. His name is Tim. Tim Robinson. Tim Robinson. I knew it was like, a very American name, Tim Robinson. He's actually a Michigan guy. He's from Detroit, which is where Jordan and I are both from. And um, he yeah, got into sketch comedy early in his career. And then he ended up eventually on SNL. Do you have his bio pulled up? You look like you're... A little bit. Got some facts for me. Jump in at any time as I explain this because I don't know too much more about him. He was on SNL. But he wasn't getting the airtime like as an actor that he wanted, you know, like he he was struggling to get some airtime. And so that didn't work out for him. But then he got on, like brought on as a writer and he was writing these like skits that some of them got picked up and some of them didn't. And then they eventually parted ways. And then he's just like, what the heck do I do with my career? And then I think you should leave. That's his show. He finally pitched all of this stuff and somebody picked it up and they were like, sure, we'll give you your own show. And I am not kidding you. It's I think it's the funniest show on Netflix. I saw it for the first time the other day, and I've you were never dying, laughed dude. You were so hard. You were crying. Yeah, you like more... unexpectedly too. You brought it up, and it was one of those things where it's like, okay, I'm gonna watch it. You know, I think it might be funny. I'm not sure, but I've got to like appease you while I'm watching this thing. Yeah. And then, dude, it started. You were like, dying. Yeah. It's not like, it's not, it wasn't like, come over tonight and let's, like, we're going to laugh hard tonight, dude. <laughs> yeah, like, come on, yeah. let's go. Yeah. The, the, the sense of expectation wasn't there. It was just like, dude, I watched the show a couple days ago and it's hilarious. Let's watch this for a second. And I popped it on and sure enough, dude, you were dying quickly. It was the hot dog one. Though. It was the hot dog one. Yep. Got <laughs> Can it. you believe who did it? Uh, without going too much into the uh, the details, for those of you who haven't seen, I just recommend you you watch it. Um, you brought up an interesting point, Jordan. Sometimes your friend or acquaintance, usually more often than not, it's an acquaintance, um, will think something is funny. They'll find it on YouTube or whatever, and then they'll come to you with their phone or something and be like, "Hey, dude, watch this." And they're like making you watch it and you don't think it's funny, but they're like watching you for the reaction. They're like, dude, it's coming up, dude. Yeah. (laughs) And you're like, yeah, your facial muscles hurt from faking it, you know? Yeah. That's the worst. I think we all have a couple people like that, that we know, like immediately two people come to mind and I'm not going to put them on blast right now. I want to though, but 
Um, it would forever sever the friendship. So I won't do that. Uh, but yeah, all that to say, what have I been watching lately is I think you should leave and highly recommend next time you want to laugh, get at least one person and watch that show. I think you should leave. Now, disclaimer, there might be some, I don't really remember. There might be some raunch language on there. It might be a little languagey. If you're not put off by that, just, yeah, just watch it and laugh. That's it. Uh, Jordan, hit me with that that sample one more time. What have I been watching lately? And that's that. Um, pumpkin spice lattes came back. Starbucks succumbed to the pressure from basic white chicks all over. They they said, "Okay, we've heard your cries. We've inclined our ears to your laments." We're going to bring it back a little bit earlier this year. And it feels weird here in Nashville. Like it was my car thermometer read 108 yesterday. Now it had been sitting directly in the sun, but 108 doesn't feel like fall weather. I'm still getting used to this. This yeah. is only my second fall in Nashville, but yeah, back in Michigan, normally when the PSL is coming out, it's like the leaves are turning. Yeah. It's and, orange. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's orange. Cool. And, but then again, also to be fair, that's usually like, yeah, October. Sure. October going into like Thanksgiving. Um, I found an interesting figure though. So this has only been a seasonal drink from Starbucks. I think they only serve it like two or three months out of the year. But since they've rolled it out, which was actually 2003, their revenue just on the PSL has been $1.4 billion. Dude. <laughs> That's a lot of money, dude. So it makes me wonder, like, I wonder if they flipped the PSL if they made it a year-round offering, if that would, if like they would see the returns on that, like in the same, to the same magnitude, or if it's limited availability due to like when it's offered, that two-month period, if that drives the demand, which causes all of that to, all of that revenue. I wonder if they offered it, in other words, I wonder if they offered it 12 months out of the year, what would happen? I feel like if it became a normal thing to get. Just readily available. It's, 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 it, it wouldn't have the same magic that it honestly. Yeah. Have you ever had one? Yeah. I used to work at Starbucks. Oh, true. That's right. For like I read months. a book. I read a book on Starbucks called leading the Starbucks way. And it went into Howard Schultz, who I believe is the former CEO and how he like really put employees first when you were there. Did you have the similar experience? Did you enjoy it? Yeah. I mean, I was there for like a solid three months. True. Um, but I mean, it was in my store got closed. <laughs> it was here's Weren't here's the Starbucks PSLs? way is I was in a mall and I was the second store in the mall. Oh, true. Twelve Oaks. Yep. Yeah. My store got closed. Ah, but uh, now, I feel like they have two now, though. Honestly, it was just there. it was so much fun. So cool to learn, like cool to meet people and like see people that I knew coming in, you know, like all that stuff. Yeah, it was cool. I think they offer benefits for like part time employees, which is kind of rare. I yeah. don't know if you had to take advantage of that. You were probably under your parents' insurance and yeah, stuff. Yeah, no, not, not at that time. I wasn't doing that. Fair. No, I ha I've never had a pump pumpkin spice um, latte before. It's got to be high in calories, though, dude. If it's good, if it tastes good, this is my rule in life. If it tastes good, it's not good for you. Tell me the number of calories in it. 380. Dude. 380. That's over. It would take more than a mile jog to burn that off. No, it would take three mile jog. It's normally about a yeah a hundred calories or so per mile, so almost four miles you'd have to jog just to 
jog off the calories from a PSL. With that being said, guys, go out and get one this week. I absolutely admonish you to do so. Now that is with, I will say this, that's with 2% milk and whip. Okay. So if you, so there's if, high if, dairy if there. The, yeah. If you're, if you're the kind of person that gets almond milk, no whip, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Maybe so, it's less. Okay. So let's say maybe th- it's two and a half miles. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But it's some mileage. It's, it's numerous miles. Um, yeah. So Starbucks has brought that back. Another topic I said earlier, <laughs> I was like the basic white chicks, like Starbucks has inclined their ear to your cries. Another thing that girls generally love that I've noticed lately is houseplants. Houseplants have had a good year or so. And in the past two months, I've had three succulents die. I'm having such a hard time. Aside from this snake plant, which you see every episode, aside from this plant, and I have a majesty palm in my front window, which is starting to turn brown and yellow and green, basically just the earth tones. It's really nice. Um, I feel like that's kind of giving me signals like, Drew, you need to water me more often. Or, But I, I do water. I water it once a week, and I keep it in indirect sunlight right by the window. In fact, when the sun is shining in that window, I pull the curtain close for those three hours, and then I open it, and then it gets to just experience. So I don't know what I'm doing wrong with that one. But, dude, succulents? How, how do you kill succulents? They're supposed to be, like, indestructible. They're supposed to be, like, cactus, cacti. Yeah, I don't know. They look ugly when they die. It's, I don't know if I'll ever buy another one just because I can't get that image out of my head. They look all brown. They look like grapes that are just, that have been left out too long, you know? Um, so, yeah, plants, the, the, the plants really do liven up a space, but I'm having a hard time with keeping them alive. When I used to work at this company, we had plants all over the building and we had like a, a company that would just... They weren't like plant consultants. They would come through and water it and prune them like weekly on some regular basis. I thought that was awesome. I need that for my home. I want a plant periodic maintenance specialist. Yeah. Just like checking in every once in a while. Like, hey, for the next seven weeks, water this every four days and this much, you know, whatever, this amount of water and then just give you like a prescribed course of action, prescribed regimen. I want that. Do you think there's a business opportunity there? Let's learn about plants and then start doing that. I'm down. In-home plant consultant. Um, it was National Dog Day this week. Speaking of things that girls love, dogs. Dogs have had a good couple of years here too. I feel like I feel like the dog posts and um, like dog appreciation, specifically from females on Instagram, lately over the past year or two have really ratcheted up. Oh, in fact, this has been another thing on the dating apps. I took a couple screenshots today. I just remembered this actually. I took a couple funny screenshots earlier and it was a I was I was going through Hinge and I was finding how many times do girls on Hinge mention dogs. Can I read a couple to you? Yeah. I'm a regular at the dog park. Neighbors music bingo cheesecake factory don't act above it. But anyway, the dog park. Where to find me at the party? Playing These are all these were in succession. This was one person after another. Where to find me at the party? Playing with the pets. Another one, compliment, like an ideal first date. Compliment my dog and suggest something fun to do. Where to find me at the party? Playing with the dog. That was a different one from earlier. I want someone who will walk with me and my dog. I won't shut up about my puppy Finn. 
Good luck gaining his approval. You should not go out with me if you hate dogs and sports. Why is this a thing? Fact about me that surprises people. I have no sense of smell. <laughs> <laughs> that was the last one. That was just one. another one I saw. <laughs> I feel bad for laughing. Michaela, uh, that girl's name is Michaela. Um, Interesting spelling, too. I felt bad for laughing about that, but obviously, if she put it on a dating app where anyone can read it, like it's not like a major setback, probably, right? Maybe I don't want to be insensitive. It would stink to have no senses. I got to get off this topic. Okay. But I will say, dude, that would not be good. I feel like if you couldn't smell, what does what does food taste like? You can't taste food if you can't smell. Look this up. What's the percentage of of the the sense of taste? What percentage is smell? I I would venture that it's 70%. 80. Yeah, I Man. Researchers say 80% of the flavors that we taste come from what we smell. Now I feel bad. That snuck in there. It was just this. I've never seen that before. That was a screen that I had to screenshot that moment. It's funny. <laughs> Listen, dude, you're not like finding this out in her diary. Like, yeah, she, she put, put it, it online. There. She put it online where yeah. thousands of people you're not can like see it. like finding this journal and being like, I'm going uh, yeah, to totally gonna... rip this girl. <laughs> yeah. Um, she, yeah, she volunteered the information. Um, National Dog Day, though, was this week, August 26th. Okay, so National Dog Day was founded by a rescue advocate and author named Colleen Page. Don't know if you knew that. Don't know if anyone knew that. I didn't know that prior to looking that up. And so August 26th, which is National Dog Day, the day that she coined to be the day that we honor dogs, is the date that Colleen's family adopted their first dog, Sheltie, from the local animal shelter when Colleen was 10. So, yeah, Sheltie was adopted on August 26th when Colleen was 10. Who knows what year that was, but that has always been a special day, a marked moment in her life. Sheltie. Sheltie, after the shelter. Cute. <laughs> you know what? You came from the shelter. Your name's going to be Sheltie now. <laughs> <laughs> I adopted you. You're going to be adopting. <laughs> I was just going to keep going down that, but I'm not even going to because it can it can snowball quickly. Oh, that was a good moment. I enjoyed that 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 commentary. Another thing I enjoy, Dickie's barbecue pit. Dickie's barbecue pit with every like meal plate that you get, they'll give you one of these plastic cups which you can use eternally, infinitely, infinite uses and possibilities of, of function. I actually, last episode, I was like, well, you could use it to drink out of. Well, I don't know any other usage, usages you could get for it. And then I went in my shower that day. I had a, a Dickies cup in there. And I use that sometimes. I'll fill up from the, the shower head and I'll just pour it on. It feels good. It's like a little mini waterfall moment. And then you just continue on about your, your daily scrub. Do you wash your hair every time you take a shower? No. Same. So we've all got that friend who, when you misspeak or mistext 
something, they're just going to put you on blast for like three to four minutes. Like if you're like, hey, um, uh, meet me at the restaurant later. Oh, sorry. Meet me at the restaurant. They're going to stop you right there and just going to be like, dude, did you say meet me the restaurant? Oh, and they're just going to like just slam you with with disses and like with disrespect for the next two or three minutes. And I had a moment like that earlier this week with my friend who does that. And I mistyped something. I don't know what it was. And, you know, I was just like, I'm just going to put my phone down for two minutes, let you have your moment. And here my phone was just like, what'd you say? Meet me at the restaurant. Um, We've all got one of those friends. And, you know, the text message relation, the text message aspect of a relationship, how somebody texts um, really can have a, a deeping, a deepening effect on a relationship. And so when you are texting a message to somebody and autocorrect takes liberties on, oh, I think you were trying to say this instead, not su- not suggestive text or whatever. That's predictive text, predictive, yeah. not predictive text, but autocorrect will be like, oh, you meant to, sp- to spell T-K-E instead of the, for example, a friend like that will have a field day. And I've noticed that recently, dude. Autocorrect has been taking liberties and trying to tell me that I'm typing words that sometimes don't even exist so much more in the past like year and a half compared to the previous seven or eight that I had an iPhone. Have you noticed that? I feel like they're stepping out of their boundaries. I could be wrong. Maybe it's my own. It's an iPhone 7 still yeah. that I use shamelessly. I haven't but noticed it much, honestly. But I feel like there was an update and then it was just like, I'm going to start telling you wrong words. I'm going to start correcting incorrect words into or correct words into incorrect words. And yeah, I'm just I'm not happy with autocorrect right now. But I love iMessage. Like group chats are tr- they truly enrich my life. You know? Yeah. The group chats that I'm in with you, I know are on mute. But you've got a lot of people texting you. They are, aren't they? Dude, you mute the group chats. I mute the group chats. I mute every group chat that I have. I know. It's fair. I don't blame you, frankly. Um, Dude, if there's like seven people texting at the same time, who can live with that? I, I have one group chat muted. And I was teaching a drum lesson earlier tonight. And... When I came back to it, it was 127 texts. I'm like, I was only away for an hour. Um, but I like knowing that there's chatter. I like knowing that there's buzz, you know? I'm just a team guy like that. That's the same reason I like carpooling, you know? I like everybody together and just like, hey, what's the... You know, I just like <laughs> sure. the buzz, you know? Yeah. The boys are buzzing. Um, but yeah, the, the, we, we do have... The reason I wanted to bring that up is we all do have like that friend who if you misspeak and you're in a circle of friends or something, they're just going to rail you on it. Or if you miss text or whatever. And that's kind of what got me thinking about that autocorrect thing is like, yeah, autocorrect has not been my friend. It's been my my foe more often than not recently. By recently, I mean the past year or so. Um, oh, speaking of group chats, I wrote this down on my things I wanted to comment on. I'm in a couple of five-person group chats, maybe two or three, but there is no better feeling than when you say something funny in the group text and they all slap a ha-ha on it. That's like, if I can get a four-laugher, it's a trademark term that I coined, if I can get a four-laugher, it's it's going to be the best part of my week. I guarantee it. Isn't that a <laughs> wonderful feeling? Dude, yeah. If it's like a perfectly placed GIF or GIF or however you pronounce it, or just like a 
the the perfect like delivery of a text or yeah. whatever. I feel like, dude, I feel the opposite, man. You I don't be like honest. a four laugher? No. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Come again? No, dude. No, I I think the ha ha is the easy way out. Like the tap back is the easy way out. Oh. But if you, if someone is texting me ha 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 in all caps, then you know you hit a funny la- bone. Then I'm laughing too at their response. Yeah. Okay. No, it it's got to be accompanied with like ha ha ha. That was hilarious, dude. Like you're funny. not just the ha ha brushing it off like a simple lowercase k. Yeah, that's right. No, that's an important caveat. It's got to be the four laugher, and then they all have to. At least a couple of them have to like address it too. Yeah, Just yeah, be like, yeah. dude, that was Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You struck gold with that one. Um I'm with you there. Okay. You know, another another thing that I do in the like the texting world, just in my texting rhythm, a lot of friends do this too, is send voice memos of laughing. Like if something really tickles me, I'm I'm while I'm laughing, I'm gonna be like, ah, I'm gonna reach over and like grab the phone and record me laughing. <laughs> And now that sounded like somebody was dying just now. But if I actually laugh in a real moment, it sounds like proper, like a proper chuckle, you know, a baritone chuckle, uh, classically trained. Um, no, the voice memo though is key. Not only for laughs though, I will send, like I mentioned earlier to my buddy, Evan, who recorded that little soundbite earlier that we played three times. <laughs> I was, I sent him a little memo. Hey, when you get a chance, can you do this, something like this? No, 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 no. What's Drew been watching? Just a quick message. I'm I'm beginning to incline, kind of in that direction. If I have more than like a four word thing to say, you know, yeah, four or five words. Do you remember the walkie talkie app? Oh yeah, I forget what it was called. Was um, it on a particular? Was it on iPhone? It was on iPhone. Okay, yeah. I never had it, but I do remember it being you know a thing. I mean, it was like the olden day voice memo. Oh, because true. if you okay. think about it like this, like. Dude, being able to just talk to somebody and just like say a sentence rather than type it in real and time. they understand the tone, they understand all these things. Yeah. That's so much more valuable than just like a text. And I don't do it enough. Yeah, that's fair. I'm not going to be the, I, I'm not going to rebuke you on that. Only you <laughs> can really decide that. <laughs> Only you can ultimately determine whether or not. Monica does it all the time. Really? She's, she's big on voice memos. Oh, always voice memoing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, tone and delivery is everything. It's being on a phone call without being on a phone call. Yes, it's like, yeah, I'll hear you when I when I want to hear yeah. you, when I choose to a hear you. A convenient phone call. Between tasks or whatever. Yeah. I wrote another comment I wanted to, to... Oh, yeah. Speaking of autocorrect, there are some... And I consider myself highly competent in the category of literacy. I can read and write pretty well. I can spell very well. But there are some words that even autocorrect can't tell what I'm trying to spell. And I thought of a couple of them recently. Connoisseur is the first one that comes to mind. When I look up, when I'm trying to look up connoisseur, the correct spelling, like autocorrect or even sometimes Google, based on how I spell it that particular day, can't tell. What are you trying to say? And then another word is mastacholi. I'm lost on that. I thought it was like M O at. Like yeah, ST. That happened to me too. Mastacholi. I was like, is this even a word? Yeah. So like autocorrect will sometimes be like, take a word and then flip it into something it's not. And then other times I'm like, here's kind of in the ballpark of what I'm trying to say. Can you turn it into something? It's like, nope, staying home on this one. You're on your own. 
can you can you find the spelling of connoisseur? Yeah, I found Mastacholi. Well, it's your Mastacholi then. All right. M O S T A I C C I O L I. See, I knew there was like a double C in there. Like that's a letter. I knew there was a double C in there somewhere. Um, find connoisseur for me. All right. C O N N O I S S E U R. Doesn't make any sense. Con oisseur. Yeah. That's how I'm gonna have to remember it. Like when Wednesday. Yeah. February. C O N N O I S S. E U R. Correct. I'm never gonna need autocorrect again for anything. Thank you for unlocking that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um it's gonna autocorrect it to condensed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dude, this reminded me another topic that I wrote down, and this actually ties in perfectly. There are some words that only old people will pronounce a certain way. And I was thinking of my grandpa the other day, and I was like, oh, I got to share this on Stouting Off. So I, and I've noticed other old people talk this way too. When I say old people, I love seniors. I love them. My grandparents, well, my one remaining grandparent is a senior. My parents are going to be seniors, you know, someday soon. So I'm not saying, like, I honor the seniors, but I feel like there's an age at which you start saying instead of Wednesday. <laughs> I knew it was coming, dude. You start saying Wednesday. Wednesday. Instead of saying courage, you say courage. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about, dude? I absolutely do, man. Instead of saying music, you say music. Dude, I don't know what it is, but I feel like when you reach a certain point, and I am going to set out a, a research project to find out at what age do you do you flip from Wednesday to Wednesday, and to courage and to Swedish music garbage. I <laughs> garbage, dude. My grandpa used to um, he used to own a trucking company. In his words, it was called Dependable Cartage. Dependable cartage. I'm like, why do you... There were a couple other things that he would say as well. This is a really strange one. Instead of let go, if if I'm pull, if I have something that he's trying to take or I'm trying to take something from him, instead of let go, he'd say, Lee go. Huh? Huh? Lee go? You're completely changing the vowel properties of E there and let, and you're just disregarding the T at that point. <laughs> Um, ego my ego i have a friend who, <laughs> i have a friend whose grandpa says for example um garage not garage or or garage if you're from the midwest not garage but garage or uh um, that's just that's just wrong though i feel like yeah he's he's take he's take he's taking liberties like auto like i mentioned autocorrect he's taking liberties of like hey i'm old who's gonna question me I can say garage. You know, I'm, he's basically <laughs> challenging us. He's challenging the the status quo on how we pronounce he's words. He's going to say it long enough to where someone just argues with him. He wants yes. someone to argue with him. Yeah, he's what like baiting you, you into it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Is that was oh did you put your car in your garage last night? And he's just like, come on, buddy, come on, what you got? I'm seventy eight. Um, my grandma says advertisement instead of advertisement. I'm like, grandma, you come on. Again, why are you just like flexing on us that we're, we're not going to challenge you? You're you're old enough. You're established in age. We're not going to be like, hey, you got to now in life. You got to start saying it this way. We're not going to ask you to do that. Why are you doing that? Advertisement. I was reading a magazine earlier in an advertisement, and they reminded me of you, Andrew. And my grandma. Do you well, think it ever existed? Like, do you think that? I don't know. I mean, I'm just thinking of like Mad Men. Like, did they say it that? Oh. Oh, okay, yeah. So, like, even back then... Even back then, they were still saying advertisement, advertisement. ad, whatever. Um, yeah, that's interesting. So Advertisement. Advertisement, <laughs> dude. Um, oh, I want to just kind of stout off on this. Um, this is something... This is a, a grammar rule that I... Or, yeah, grammar rule that I just kind of learned about. Somebody calls me, hey, Drew. Um, or I call somebody, hey, Jordan do you want to meet me for dinner tonight? Dinner and drink somewhere? Sure. And Jordan says, yeah, where at? You don't need to say at there. And I'm, I'm just using your name as an example. You don't need to say at. You could just say where. At, by adding that extra syllable, adding that extra word, you're just spending extra energy to say a word that doesn't need to be there. I'm not going to say it's improper. I don't actually know the rules, but I think it is improper. But if somebody says, yeah, meet me over. Uh, yeah, meet me after dinner tonight for some ice cream or whatever. Sure, where at? Don't need to say at. Sure, where? Where should I meet you? Or, hey man, where are you at? Nope. Hey man, where are you? You see what I'm saying? Did you know that, Jordan? I just found that rule out. No, I, I didn't. We can take at out of the equation. We can let at serve other purposes in our in our daily vernacular, but it doesn't need to be there. You know. I guess I don't really care about that. I'm not actually stouting off on that, but it's something that I learned that I thought you might, anybody listening to this might find interesting. Yeah. I think like maybe where at is more a more casual way of saying where. Like, sure. hey, Jordan, you want to go to eat? Where? <laughs> it's Yeah, that's a, you're right. That's a bit more direct. Like, or, hey, Jordan, you want to go to eat? Where at? It's more like casual. It's just more like friendly maybe. Huh. Maybe I, I maybe I need to take that into consideration. Um, Next time you call me, say, "Do you want to go to eat?" I'm going to. I'm going to test where? you. I'm going to record it and put it on the Stouting Off podcast. <laughs> where um, we don't have much time left, and I wanted to address two more things. One of them is a couple of listeners um, actually. When I talked about fluffernutters in the last episode, recommended graham cracker with peanut butter and marshmallow fluff. I'm actually going to eat that during the outro tonight, but I just wanted to let you know, I have heard your requests. I have heard your suggestions, and I'm going to do that tonight. It's on a cute little saucer from Edmonton that um, Ryan Graham swiped from a Tim Hortons. Is that in focus, Jordan? Yeah, I think so. That's cool. Cool. Now I got marshmallow fluff on my thumb, and I'm sticky. Cool, man. Maybe I'll just end the show there. Nope. No, I won't. I wanted to read you a quote, you guys. This is from a book that an executive, uh, yeah, an executive VP at a company I worked at uh, recommended to me. He said, Drew, this is a great book by a great author, and this book changed my life. I think you could benefit from it as well. And the book is called Daring Greatly by Dr. Brene Brown. She's a researcher on shame and vulnerability and stuff. 
at one of the Texas schools, but she's fantastic. I really like her. And she's also got like some TED Talks and stuff as well. Brene Brown. And she quoted in her book, Daring Greatly, it's all based on this quote from Teddy Roosevelt. And I'm going to read the quote, and then I want to explain what it means to me and why I think it's interesting and why maybe it's applicable for you. You ready, Jordan? I'm ready. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes up short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly. Isn't that an awesome quote? It's sick. What she's saying there is... It's not the, the, the people who are outside pointing fingers and saying, oh, you tried, you messed up. Oh, you, you attempted to do something cool and you failed. Ha ha. It's not that person who counts. It's not that person who's important. The real credit belongs to the person who's actually trying, who's actually taking a risk, you know, who's actually putting themselves out there to be in a position where, hey, I might fail and I might make a complete fool of myself. It's that person. The credit belongs to that person, not the critic. And so she wrote this whole book on based on that quote. And basically what she's saying is that nothing great can be achieved without somebody just putting themselves out there and being vulnerable. Anything great in life requires a degree of vulnerability to achieve. So if you're listening to this, if you're watching this and you're thinking about asking that girl out, go ask her out. If you're watching or listening and you're thinking about asking for a promotion or a raise, go ask for the raise. If you want to take up a new hobby, but you're afraid that people might think, you know, you stink because you're just starting, frick them. Try it. Try. Because if you fail, at least you failed while daring greatly. So the credit belongs to you. I read that book over this past year and I'm not kidding. It changed my life. It's part of the reason why I moved to Nashville. Um, so I guess it was probably a year and a half or so, but it's part of the reason why I moved here. Hey, I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to move to a new place and do something new. So I hope, is that encouraging, Jordan? Absolutely, man. Yeah. I hope it's encouraging to somebody listening as well. Um, I'm going to flip it over to Jordan to cue us out, but I'm going to eat this little mini, um, marshmallow fluff on graham cracker. And thanks again, as always, for watching this, the Stouting Off podcast, where we spout off commentary on the everyday. I love you guys. Wow. That's good.